Hello and welcome to your San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. A crash in a tunnel near San Diego City College left three dead and many others injured. We'll talk to reporter Terry Figueroa about this developing story. Then, Letters Editor Andrew Kleski shares reader thoughts. First, the news. San Diego County has reached a low enough case rate to rejoin the red tier of the state's reopening blueprint on Wednesday. In the red tier, some schools can reopen and some businesses can resume indoor operations at limited capacity. San Diego County's case rate is now 6.8 cases per 100,000 residents. The state retroactively raised the red tier threshold from 7 cases to 10 cases, qualifying last week's score of 8.8. After administering more than 200,000 vaccines, the mass immunization site near Petco Park will close permanently Saturday to make way for an upcoming baseball season. A spokesman for UC San Diego Health, which runs the site, said UCSD hopes to give out second shots for anyone waiting by the end of the week. More than 715,000 San Diegans have gotten a coronavirus vaccine, and the county now has five other superstations in La Jolla, Chula Vista, La Mesa, San Marcos, and Del Mar. A new site will open Tuesday in Oceanside. The city of San Diego was awarded a $75,000 state grant to study how cannabis laws harmed local neighborhoods before the drug was legalized. It's part of a plan to help people of color get into the cannabis industry. Information gathered from the study will serve as a blueprint for a future cannabis equity program. City officials said the study will look at the historical impacts of cannabis criminalization in San Diego, will evaluate pros and cons in the current regulatory framework, and provide policy recommendations to assure equity and diversity in the industry. Three people were killed and many others hurt when a man drove into a row of tents in a tunnel near San Diego City College. Authorities believe most or all of the victims are homeless. Police arrested the driver, 71-year-old Craig Martin Voss, on suspicion of impaired driving. Terry Figueroa covers crimes, courts, and breaking news at the UT. Okay, Terry, what do we know about the people who were injured? Is there an update? And, And what do we know about this case so far? So we don't know yet the status of the folks who were injured, uh, those who were taken into the hospital yesterday. Um, We do know from yesterday that they were uh, awake and alert, those who were in the most critical condition. So that's encouraging news. Um, We're still – there's still so many unknowns right now. This case is still under investigation by the police, and they have a couple of days to get that information over to the – district attorney's office. And it's really up to the district attorney's office to decide whether or not they will prosecute um, or bring any charges against uh, the driver in this particular case. What is known about the driver at this time? I I read some speculation that he was under the influence. Police Chief Dave Neslet told us yesterday that the driver who's been identified as a 71-year-old San Diego man, his name is Craig Voss, um, that he did stop at the scene and did try to render aid to people and that he did identify himself pretty quickly to police. Um, The chief of police would not say what it was that Mr. Voss did say to police, but ultimately he was um, taken to jail and arrested. He was booked on um, a couple of, on suspicion of a couple of different charges, uh, gross vehicular manslaughter, um, uh, 
creating great bodily injury in the middle of committing a felony and um, intoxicated or impaired driving. And he was arrested under the theory um, that it was um, some sort of of a drug as opposed to alcohol. We don't know anything more. We don't even know if there's been, you know, a toxicology test. Those things take a while. So there's really not a lot that we do know. Uh, Mr. Voss was still incarcerated or in jail this morning um, in lieu of a million dollars bail. Uh, we don't know when he will be arraigned or, or if. We, we, don't, we simply don't know yet what happened. The UT was there on the scene yesterday talking to people. Who did you all speak to and, and what did they have to say? So yesterday, it was just a, a a very chaotic scene. Yesterday, we we had a couple of reporters down um, there pretty quickly talking to folks. We were able to talk to uh, victims and, and witnesses themselves. Um, talked about what happened, uh, what they woke up to. Some of them were just uh, waking up. Um, one man told us that he was getting ready to pack his tent in for the day, and um, and, you know, pick it up when this just suddenly happened. And by all accounts, it just, everything was normal. And then it was awful. It was just came out of nowhere. We were able to go back down there today. And what's interesting is about eight people uh, felt that it was worth the risk to set up tents or, or to lay their heads down there at that same spot last night after the crash. Um, they wanted to get out of the rain and the cold, and, and that was what they felt was worth the risk. Um, we've also talked to people who think that, they, that they're pretty sure that they know who, who the victims are. Um, there was one man who told us that he's holding on to the belongings of one of the deceased victims um, in order to keep them safe so that he can turn them over to the man's family. But as of this morning, the medical examiner had not yet been able to identify any family members. They refined them. They, they've identified, it sounds like, the victims, but not yet been able to find their families to let them know. The San Diego police chief, David Nislight, uh, as you said, was there on the scene. Mayor Todd Gloria and also council member Stephen Whitburn all visited the site of the crash, which is fairly uncommon. Uh, What has the response been at City Hall and what, if anything, might change as a result of this in the way that um, in the services that are provided for homeless folks? Well, you know, um, Mayor Gloria was you're right. He was there at the at the scene pretty quickly. And he made a a very clear message yesterday. There was um, a a brief uh, press conference with the reporters in the morning and then then one later in the afternoon. And his message that afternoon was very clear. You know, he said a street is not a home and it is not humane or safe to keep allowing unsheltered people to live, you know, under bridges and and outside. Um, I've reached out to the mayor's office today to find out what may – what the short-term steps that they might be taking, you know, just in the immediate aftermath um, to to really quickly address what happened. And then also, are there any longer-term plans that may now be fast-tracked? Um, because this, everyone seemed to agree yesterday, just really underscored the need to get help to 
the folks down there. Yeah, you mentioned in your story that the convention center is closing as a shelter. Well, you know, at the same time, tents and and homeless encampments seem to be growing downtown. Where are the people that are currently housed in the convention center going to go? So my understanding is that um, the people that are in the convention center now, the convention center, that housing was set up um, really in response to COVID-19 and to the pandemic, to getting people in the um, there's what are called bridge shelters or sort of the the first off the street that's where you where you go that's the the big tents and and that sort of a thing there wasn't enough room space to be uh, people have people allowed to be six feet apart so just to maintain the social distancing that's why the convention center was was opened up and set into into use um, a year later. Now it's time to, to – they're starting to close that convention center. It's slated to be closed next week. And those folks are supposed to be going back to uh, some of the bridge shelters. And uh, at its height, I believe that convention center was supposed to take in or be able to take in up to 1,300 people, if I recall. And as of yesterday, I want to say there was uh, just about 600 people that were still there at the convention center. I know you've been covering this yesterday and today and we'll continue to cover it, but what is, what is still unknown and what are you still trying to uncover? Well, one of the things that this was a horrible, horrible tragedy and what made it worse was just the sheer number of people um, that were sleeping on, on the sidewalk that were in harm's way. And part of the reason that there were so many more people down there on Monday morning was because of the inclement weather. And so one of the things that we're trying to figure out is how many beds, extra beds, had been set up in the area to um, give shelter for, for folks, the, the, the inclement weather shelter beds. How many more were there? That's one of our, our questions, of course. And we also are, are just trying to figure out what are the next steps for for the city in in how it's going to uh, address and has been trying to address um, the issue of, of homelessness and unsheltered people. Now let's turn to opinion. Andrew Kleski is a reader engagement editor. He's the person that gets your emails when you write a letter to the editor and he decides which ones to share online and run in print. Andrew, what are people talking about this week? Well, it's already a busy week in San Diego. We had uh, the event yesterday where a driver ran into a group of homeless people in the tunnel near City College. So we're getting some letters on that. And the basic message is if there weren't homeless camps in our downtown streets, people wouldn't be running into them with their cars and we'd probably be avoiding a lot of other problems. So that's, that's one topic people are looking at. Uh, they're also, of course, talking about vaccinations. We're getting both complaints and praise uh, from readers about how the how the process is going. Uh, believe it or not, I get more letters uh, in praise of what is being done. People are saying they're in and out quickly. They're treated well. And uh, even though they've had to overcome some hardships with cancellations and the like, uh, they're fairly happy with it. And uh, more about the border. 
a lot of people complaining about the stories they're seeing about the border starting to be uh, a lot to handle with the Biden administration. Having, having um, so many people showing up all at once and the Biden administration saying, this isn't a good time to be doing this. And a lot of people saying, oh, this is the time to be doing this as far as they're concerned. So the border stations are uh, overloaded with people, particularly youth, unaccompanied youth. So those are topics that people are very interested in this week. Yeah, lots of talkers this week. Has anybody sent in any recommendations about, I mean, how we might improve the homeless shelter situation? Because I know that the convention center is also closing this week. It's, is that going to make the problem worse? Well, uh, one letter writer offered the advice that we have so many empty commercial buildings right now because we're all working at home. Why aren't they putting people up at all these empty commercial buildings. Particularly in downtown San Diego, I have to assume, I know our office building is relatively empty. I know many of the other office buildings probably are as well. I'm certain they could put people up there where they have facilities, they have bathrooms. Uh, I, I don't know how realistic that is. I'm sure there would be required some retrofit, retrofitting and some insurance questions and uh, security and that sort of thing. But, uh, Certainly having people camping out under a highway overpass is not the, the smartest way to, to have your population housed. That's a great idea. That would be amazing if that could happen. I wanted to ask you about last week's Your Say. The question we asked was, the one-year anniversary of California's pandemic lockdown is approaching. How do you feel the state and nation have handled the crisis? And what lessons do you think we've learned or not learned? What did people have to say about that? Well, for that particular say it was a little disappointing because most people felt we really haven't learned much at all. That uh, the arguments over whether or not to wear masks, whether or not to get vaccinated, uh, and all the other polarizing uh, issues that have people uh, distrusting each other played very poorly in, in, a, in a pandemic because uh, you didn't know who to trust. And that led, to, that led to a lot of issues. So did we learn a lot? I hope we have. I hope we've learned a, a lot about how to handle a pandemic because there, there's likely going to be other things like this in the future. Um, and having everybody on the same page uh, would be very helpful in a case such as this. It's great to have disagreements about political issues, legitimate political issues. But when it comes to something like, you know, whether you should wear a mask, it's a little preposterous to say, oh no, why, why would I do such a thing? And now that led to this week's question, which is also an anniversary question. Uh, and that was, uh, how has the pandemic changed you and your community and your family? We're still getting answers from that. And then next week's question is also gonna probably be pandemic related and it will be along the lines of, uh, what do you plan to do when you get vaccinated? What's your first thing you're gonna do? Do you have an answer to that? Well, not really, because I'm I'm kind of holding out for my vaccination. I want to make sure everybody else gets theirs. I don't want to jump the line in any way. I want to get back with my family again, spend more time with my kids. Um, I'd like to go surfing again. Believe it or not, I haven't surfed in almost eight months because I'm scared about breaking my leg or something and having to go to a hospital. And uh, so I, I don't want to be another person jamming up the works at the hospital because I had to go surfing and broke my leg. So as soon as I get my vaccination, yeah, I'm going to go back out there and hit the waves again. 
If you want to comment on something you read in the news, drop Andrew a line at letters at sduniontribune.com. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on your say this week, the question is, what have you learned about yourself, your family, or your community in one year of a pandemic? Email 500 words to yoursay at sduniontribune.com. You can find the stories we talked about here today at sandiegouniontribune.com. I'm Christy Totten, host of the San Diego News Fix. Thanks for listening.